Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform into the person you want to become. Today, I'm talking with Clay Green, a flow and performance coach. Early on in his life, he embraced an educational and adventurous lifestyle that included streams like operating nuclear reactors on U.S. Navy submarines and the engineering and manufacturing mechas of Intel, literally building a technology we don't think about, but it's powering the ability to do this right now. Mastering those environments led to embracing other extremes as well riding snowboards and sport motorcycles, then training riders in both genres and coaching racers became passions for his life. But something was still missing. He still struggled to accomplish one thing, successfully building a business. Then he hit a deer riding his motorcycle, a tad bit above the speed limit is what he says, directly from the right side, just on his front wheel. This wasn't a near-death experience. He remarkably didn't even crash. And we talk a lot about that story. Uh, This was a moment of clarity and performance. After learning the reason and how he didn't crash, his focus shifted from trying to master the myriad of external stuff to mastering the only environment that really matters. His mind, your mind, our mind, the mind. The reason Clay didn't crash was simple. As he puts it, the way my brain was operating leveled me up to superhuman performance. Uh, Applying his 30 years of experience training adults, combining Combined with his diverse set of experiences in military and corporate systems, overlaid with an entrepreneurial spirit, he now helps business owners and executives apply daily practices to safely enter and exit the state of flow and performance in ways they have only dreamed of. We get into a little bit of this. We spend a lot of time on that story, which is really how, what led him um, to where he is. Uh, it really is a great insight into in the state of flow. I know a lot of us have experienced it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But without further ado, let's talk to Clay. Clay, welcome to the Social Chameleon Show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. I'm uh, so glad to connect with you. Uh, it's been amazing so far hearing your stories and getting to know a little bit more about you and what you're up to. Thank you, man. Thank you, Tyson. It's been great getting to know you, too. I've enjoyed the time we've had together. It's been fun. Definitely. <laughs> so what, what's, been, what's keeping you busy these days? What, what's on your plate? Uh, what's keeping me busy and what's, what's on my plate? Um, as my business grows and as I grow into owning it, realizing how critical and how impactful this gift I've been given is this gift of understanding and being able to explain what I see and what I understand, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving being in Arizona. You and I are both in the Phoenix area. We got here about a month ago. Uh, Tara and I are traveling in an RV Mm -hmm. that in itself is a big <laughs> what yeah. takes up your time, the yeah. RV lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we're here in Phoenix to to hang out at a couple different events and um, meet a whole bunch of people. But mm-hmm. we're just loving the desert and loving the um, beautiful spring in the desert. Yes. And um, but then there's the business, and what do I do? I am basically helping people become much, much, much more productive than they ever thought they could be. Mm-hmm. Much more. Um, much more efficient with their time, get a lot more done in a given specific amount of time. Some people would call that peak performance. I don't like that because it feels like um, you're going to have this one great game or this one great game or whatever, and then you're going to start going downhill. Um, it's more of the lifestyle of, of sustained performance when it comes to this whole get it done in flow thing. So I'm, I'm organizing more mastermind training sessions and I'm managing my, uh, 
my uh, my uh, my masterminds, the alum, what I call the alumni mastermind. That is just it's, that's basically what gets my attention these days. That's where I'm spending most of my energy. And then, yeah, of course, oh, reaching yeah, out to badasses like you, reaching out <laughs> to badasses like you, and, and hanging out and meeting more people and, and expanding the network. That's it's fun, and I love it. Yes, That's I, where I agree. I'm hanging out. Yeah, it's been the the surprise about doing this show. Uh, it, it's just amazing people I've been able to network and connect with and learn from. And it's selfish of me because I'm I'm the one getting. I feel like I'm getting all the all the love here and all the learning. Uh, and then, but it's been so great to be able to share this, and that's just been great. I'd like to get back to uh, um, a, little, a little bit talking about this flow and all these different things you're talking about. But first. I got to ask the RV lifestyle. Why? What's this about? What are some things that you thought would be great and maybe haven't or some things that you didn't expect that are just like, what? I never would have thought of these things. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, why has some has some layers to that story. Sure. Um, when 2008 hit. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a decade ago now. Uh, yeah, um, unreal. <clears throat> Ain't it crazy? Time flies. Yeah. I started going through some stuff with my house mm-hmm. about that time. And I, I, I quit, I quit my longtime career as a professional trainer and engineer at Intel okay. making the computer chips. Yes. Right? Like I was literally working in the fab on the machines. I was managing teams and machines and maintenance and, and upkeep and repair and all that on these machines that are actually making these computer chips that make all this possible. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that aspect. I've got this history where I can sit here and I can get so thankful mm-hmm. for like what's going on in my computer, mm-hmm. your computer and right. all dozens or hundreds of other computers around the world making us, it's just insane what's actually happening when you start pulling it apart, what's happening right now, just so we can talk. Yeah. Never mind record and never mind broadcast just right. so we can. So anyway, I geek out on that. I'm sorry. The RV lifestyle, I quit my job and I got out of that industry. I didn't really get out of that industry. I quit working for the company that I was working for in that place. Mm-hmm. And that caused some house stuff to start. Fast forward about seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And I'd been through some house stuff and the market was getting to the right spot. And I was in this relationship with Tara and we wanted this dream mobile lifestyle. I'd, I'd started my business and was, and was at the point where I could eat. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. I could survive. Um, and so um, we were like, well, we're, we don't, we're, we're living in a, me and my girlfriend, we're living in a three bedroom, two and a half bath house. And we're, and we'd gotten to that point in our business where we would, we'd cut back and we were, you know, hungry or, or start up or bootstrapping, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we realized I'm spending way more money. You know what I'm saying? Just the, the, yeah. the, the effectiveness of this big house and the lawn. I hate cutting grass. I don't, right. right? So what are we going to do? We're going to, okay, let's get out of the house. We're going to move into an apartment or we're going to move where are we going to do. And, and the story around getting into the RV and the type of RV we chose and the truck and all those stories are awesome and great. Mm-hmm. Long story short, that's part of why, mm-hmm. but then I do it. I move into the RV. Um, this is a green screen and I'm right. standing up in the garage section of a toy hauler just for everybody that knows this out okay. there. I've got the internet wired in here mm-hmm. and right here behind this green screen is my motorcycle oh. and I'm a motorcycle rider. And if we get to it and we talk about flow enough, you might yeah. hear the story about me hitting the deer on a motorcycle. It was that motorcycle. Yeah, I want to get and to I that. I love this motorcycle, right? I love this motorcycle. Right. And so I want to try. 
it goes back. I had been teaching newbies and we'd go to a coffee shop and this is actually how Tara and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this coffee shop a lot and I'm doing these newbie rides, trying to let help newbies not die on these motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple people reached out to me after we moved into the RV and after we'd started on our journeys and they said, Clay, man, I remember sitting around that coffee shop in 2006, mm-hmm. in 2007, 2005. And I remember you saying that it was your dream to travel around the country with your motorcycle, riding the awesome roads around the country, exploring the country. Mm-hmm. So I had actually forgotten about that dream, wow. but yet there had manifested. Here it is. And here it so is. So yeah. As far as the headache goes, yeah. Uh it's there's there's headaches. We've been in the, we've been doing this for 2.5 years now. This this month marks 2.5 years. Wow. Um and there's there's challenges. Yeah. We're um we're still finding broken things since mm-hmm. since for t- for 2 years some of the tanks on our RV have been leaking. Oh, We've wow. had them replaced and reinstalled, replaced, reinstalled. That's about to get fixed, hopefully, for the last time mm-hmm. because the way we're doing it is different. You know, there's all kinds of weird challenges that we yeah. could talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the point. It's a blessing, right? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it really is. And how, how do you, how do you, you know, all these little things come up. I mean, there's, I got to imagine there's so many things you can't expect and you're not prepared necessarily for, how do you think about these things? How do you not flip out? How do you just not lose your shit? Like, and, and make it just ruin your whole day. Like, what is this thought process? Like, what's the, what's the procedure? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is it making sense? I completely understand. And I have a photograph. <laughs> I'm looking for a photo. Fo- I'm not ignoring you and I'm not sure. scrolling on my phone. Yeah, no problem. I have a picture that I want to share. Sure. That, that exemplifies the answer to that question and how proud I am about it. So here's the story. We were in Na- just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. This was sometime eight, nine months ago, something like that. So there's one of the things we're not doing really good at documenting the journeys and the travels. Yeah. And I, I kind of regret not being better at that, but mm-hmm. time, right? Right. Um, Long story short, there'd been some truck problems and we were told that the truck was ready, that we could come pick it up at, I think it was Thursday at 7 p.m., 6 p.m., something like that. When those shops getting ready to close, we'll be done by then. So we went to the rental car place and returned the rental car and they gave us a ride over to the, to the Chevy dealership where the truck was because how this happened is a long story. But long story short, they said, you know what? we can't give you the car. So we quickly called the rental car place and they're going to send another car. Well, real quick, while you're waiting on the car, do you want to come see the truck? It's going to be ready tomorrow. Don't worry. Cause we've got to leave in, in, in 30 from that time, it was about 36 hours that we had to be out of the RV spot that we were in. Okay. And we're talking about a fifth wheel, mm-hmm. uh, a fifth wheel. So the truck pulls the RV, et cetera, et cetera. So they walk us, they walk us back into the shop. And I walk in and this is what I see. And I can send this picture to you. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. But we'll, we'll link down the show notes. That is a completely disassembled truck. The, <laughs> the, the, the engine and the tires are on the ground for you on audio and the cab is in the air. <laughs> and you can see the, the tailgate, the bed of yes. the truck is on, the, on, is the, on the ground still as well. Wow. So I walk in and they, it was supposed to be done. So I walked in and and... Right. Just yes. 
the answer to your question is bam my gut just went Mm -hmm. my throat tightened i felt terror and fear just rip up my spine and up Mm -hmm. the core of me and my head i felt my face flush Mm-hmm. right you get hot I, I i just kind of felt it a little bit i just just reliving it i, I kind of stopped breathing for a second mm-hmm. tyson i'm proud of this one it was less than 20 seconds it might have been less than 15 before i was happy again wow how did i do it you asked yeah. me how i did it right yeah. here's mm-hmm. here's my process one awareness I am aware something's not right. Mm -hmm. My body is speaking to me. In this extreme example, it was a really huge contrast. I expected to come back here and see the hood up and a guy kind of bent over tightening something thinking, oh, oh, it'll be ready tomorrow. Mm -hmm. No, this thing is completely torn apart. They're talking about still replacing one of the heads. They, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. So my body, it was just this extreme example. So Mm -hmm. awareness. And when I say awareness, most of us, the way that I describe it is how does this show up in our lives for real? It's time for me to sit down and write an email. It's time for me to, you know what? It's time for me to go on a podcast interview. Mm -hmm. There's nerves, right? Right. I want to do this interview. There's reasons to do do this interview for my business, for my people that I can help, for all this stuff. There's all these reasons and there's this goal I have to complete this interview, mm-hmm. but I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us aren't aware we're nervous or stopped until we're like two bags of Doritos into a three-hour Netflix binge, <laughs> right? Right. Like, <laughs> like, we're like, oh, crap, I'm not doing what I was going to be doing, yes. right? So this is an extreme example of I instantly was here. Mm-hmm. versus, oh, there's a little twinge. So one of the things that I help people do is become more and more aware of their bodies. I help people understand what this little tickle in your throat means when, like to them in that moment, when they're getting ready to do whatever task it is they're doing, mm-hmm. right? So the first thing you've got to do is become more and more aware because it's easier to overcome if all you're dealing with is a little tickle instead of a full-on six-foot-thick concrete wall. Right. So awareness. Okay, I was very aware. The next thing I do is breathe. You have to breathe, right? So I, I took a breath in, and I controlled it and let it come out nice and slow. And then I'm, and then I'm able to say, okay, is there anything going to kill me? Am I... Am I in physical danger? Because mm-hmm. that's the purpose of this feeling. That's when it, that's what it, that's the, the root core of the dinosaurs chasing us, brontosauruses or saber tooth tigers or mastodons or whatever. That's the reason this oh shit feeling happens mm-hmm. is deep down in here, you're going to die. Something in you thinks you're going to die. So the first thing I literally do is, is okay, I'm aware. I take a breath. I'm, I'm like imagining looking up at the truck in the air. And then I look down at the engine, you know, and I was like, I, I, I remember being there and it was a breath. Am I going to die? No. Okay. I'm not going to die. The, this is an, this is advanced. I'm going to tell you the next step is the advanced level because mm-hmm. you might have to spend days in this place reminding yourself that you're not going to die before right. you actually are able to say, why am I grateful for this? 
why am I grateful for this moment? Why am I grateful for right now? I went to, to a couple things. I went to the fact that, that originally the guy that broke my truck said he wasn't going to pay for it. But now, thank goodness, that $9,000 is coming from his insurance company instead of my bank. Wow. Yeah. Check. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, okay, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I'm real <laughs> thankful for that. Even if it takes forever. Right. And I'm supposed to be out of, I'm, and they're going to charge me and I've got to go hire a truck. I've got to go do all this stuff if I don't get this fixed in time. Okay. I, you know what? I can do that. I'm thankful that can happen. Right. And then, and then, like I said, it was about 15 to 20 seconds, less than 15, I think like 14, something like that, really close to that, where I was actually able to laugh. And I was actually able to go, wow, this is a curveball. I did not see this curveball yeah. coming. That curveball broke. You know what I'm saying? It was right. a good one. Right I'm impressed with that curveball. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my process. That's <laughs> to good. answer your question. No, I'm sorry. No, that's good. I, I, like, I, like, I like to hear that because I'd say most of us without these abilities or these, these prior trainings, without you losing your shit everybody on this planet would be like yeah i would have lost my shit too and but what is that going to solve first of all you have no control over what these guys are doing and then now what are you you're going to piss them off and guess what buddy we, we're going to get them tomorrow but <laughs> how about next week you know <laughs> and all these things that you know like uh, I, I had the same thing the other day i went to fill up propane I, um and and then i was like it was a little about six six thirty. The sun's still out here in Arizona. It doesn't, you know, maybe another forty five minutes for a set. I was like, there should, I can't imagine any reason you can't feel my propane. I go there and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't. And I, I, I was, I, and I was like, why? And they're like, oh, that's the rules. And, and and I was like, I'm about to lose my shit because I really <laughs> wanted to barbecue right now, and there's no reason I. And it's like, okay, but to get to that point to have that training and just, you know what? I'll, that's cool. I'll figure it out. I got charcoal at home and I, I could have made a whole big thing about it. Maybe I would have got my way or whatever it is, but that doesn't solve anything. I'm going to look like the fool, you know, and, and that that's amazing. And, and, and that just, I love it. I love I the lo things. I love the stories. I love the key thing that you're saying there training. Yes. That's what I keyed in on because yeah. there's people back in the day when I was teaching new motorcycle riders, I would literally have arguments with these experienced, badass motorcycle riders they're like, either you're, you're, you're made to ride a motorcycle or you're not. Mm -hmm. No, like just right. no, right. Anybody can learn to do anything. Yes. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about training. We're talking about what are you like? I, I was, when I started my business, I was really, really, I was a trained nuclear reactor operator. Mm -hmm. I wasn't born to operate. Like I wasn't how no you, yeah. you, say, you yeah. can't be you can't you're not a born nuclear reactor operator right i was not a born an intel engineer i was not born a business owner you learn these skills you learn these tactics you learn that you're trained question is how long and how hard are you going to work yes. you know to, to to learn it yeah yeah and, and oh. that in itself is the hard part just to to be able to push through and say you know what i'm not good yet I'm going to get better at it. This, this wasn't the best example, but guess what? I learned a couple of things. I tried it for a second. I paused maybe a little bit, whatever it is. Like next time this comes up, I'm going to be better at it. I'm going to get less mad. I'm going to get less aggravated. And over time, you're going to build these skills and it takes a long time. I've been, I've been, I've been doing it for, I want to say probably two years now because 
prior to that, I'm like, this is just the way it is. And this is just how I am, whatever. There's no changing, whatever, whatever it was, my excuses were. And I started learning, like, I can't control these things. No matter how much I yell or scream or give you facts or figures or details or whatever it is, it's not going to matter. I can't control this. Me being mad or whatever it is, is definitely not going to help. And when I started learning that, like, you know what? Then I can start to make progress and I can start to stop, see, think a little bit. You, you calm down, like you were saying a little bit, and then your brain it gets out of that fight or flight mode and you start to come up with solutions and ideas and different things. And that skill is so hard, but it's so valuable when you at least practice. The fun one for me is the level that we're talking about right now are, is pretty obvious. Those freak outs, you know, like mm. a fender bender or a right. ticket or or mm. you, I don't know, you're getting evicted or, mm. uh, you know, th there's these things, these, mm. these, these trip out moments. I want to urge everyone <laughs> just like, I'm just going to drop this. Yeah. It past that crap. That's the big stuff. Mm. It's, it's in the, it's in the awareness of the tiny little stuff mm. where the difference is made. Yeah. And as long as you're, distracted by damn it the bears lost again or the cubs lost or whatever whatever mm -hmm. right as long as you're distracted by this bigger stuff that is being plastered or pff, here's a good one trump never <laughs> never right. mind yeah. pro price right i'm not yeah. even we're not debating that no 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 just trump that's right. a trigger everybody yeah. everybody listening to this right now just got triggered yes right so so <laughs> god he's good so <laughs> Once you get past that and get into your personal life where it's like the tiny little stuff yeah. that, that you're looking at as far as what you were programmed to believe, like you, mm -hmm. you kind of alluded to it. Right. That's, that's where I like to play is you get in there and you start making huge differences in those intimate personal relationships in your life with yourself and with your spouse and with your kids and your partners and your business partners and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it makes life so much more pleasant. You're not mad at everything. Everything, everybody's not out to get you. Every situation isn't the horriblest things. Like there's traffic, what, screaming, yelling, getting mad. What is going to happen? You, you can't control that. The jackass that, that cut you off. What are you going to do? Nothing. All these things that you're getting mad about, you're just stressing yourself out. You're, you're bringing the energy into the next thing, into the next people. You're coming home and you're giving that to your family and your kids and like, oh shit, dad's home. He's pissed about something. I don't know what, but here we go with this. And, and you just, and then yep. you start raising the next generation and you, you go into work in the morning and it's like, you're, you're pissed at Sally because somebody cut you off on her freeway because somebody got a flat tire. Like, you know, when you, when you get rid of all that, you just laugh. And it's like, you know, I, I get, I, you know, I've been sitting in traffic. Like, good. I, more time to listen to a book or more time to listen to a podcast, more time, more time to, to meditate. Myself. Right. Whatever it is, whatever you choose. More, to like that's yeah. Yeah. And then Same. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No. I'm sorry, Tyson. Go ahead. No, no, you got. Well, I, I, I said this. I, I got on the call with you. I, think, I don't think I said this from the recording. I just got off a call with someone and I said this to them. And I just want to say it right now because of the level of conversation we're having. And it's a belief I have. And it's a statement that I think nails everything. Unless you are in a life and death situation. Mm -hmm. Like for real you're sliding right. down the road you know out of control on the ice mm -hmm. and it's time to counter steer unless you're in that situation the single most valuable thing that any of us can do at any given moment is become more self-aware and work on our brain mm -hmm. meditation is the way i say to do that 
it's just there's nothing and yes i meditate when i drive down the road so yeah. i'm not talking about sitting with your legs crossed going ohm um there's a there's an infinite number of ways to meditate yeah so yeah and, and especially yeah. um from my experience with that is if when you can be in these crazy wild loud un- and you can just take that breath and just say one second here let me let me bring myself down let me center myself you don't need this this pristine environment to meditate. You, you can be able to take that skill and bring it anywhere you are and just be like, oh, I'm frustrated right now. Hold on a second. And you can just bring that back down. That is amazing. I love, I've been working. That's a new skill I'm trying to work on. Like I can do it in my room by myself and quiet. But when I'm frustrated in the moment or I'm with somebody or something's not going my way to just be like, oh, take a breath here, calm down, let the mind relax. That That is a good flex, skill. Flex that, flex that question, that muscle, um, to remind yourself this, this is how it works for me. It's like, I, I was on a submarine, right? So I've been in a couple life and death situations wow. in my life, my hitting the deer on the motorcycle. Like there's, there's a, you know, I could probably list off half a dozen times mm-hmm. that I could have or should have, or maybe was supposed to die. But that question really triggers me and triggers me in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm aware there's something going on. I'm scared of something. I'm angry about something. Any, I'm, I'm, I'm turned on. I've got a really good story about um, Starbucks and having meetings in Starbucks. Anytime I'm aware that I'm triggered mm-hmm. about anything, is there anything going to kill me right now? Right. Because, because, because it can be real. Would yeah. you like to hear this little quick story about yeah, Starbucks? Absolutely, I'd love to. So, so, so. So this is the second RV resort. So this is around month eight or nine where we've actually had internet in our RV. Wow. So the vast majority of my business has been built with me in a Starbucks, having meetings, having one-on-one meetings, running group meetings and things like that in a Starbucks where I'm having a conversation with people, myself, you know, mm-hmm. to avoid the background right. noise when I'm not talking or whatever, mm-hmm. but my clients kind of got to know me. And when I'm in those one-on-one conversations, I'm like really zoned in right here with Tyson. Right. And we're having a conversation and they'll be talking and I'll be listening and I'm listening and I'm watching for the cues that tell me when we've actually uncovered the nugget that needs to come out right now. Right. Right. And all of a sudden they've gotten to know me and my reactions. Mm -hmm. And so they'll, they'll stop talking. They, They, this started to happen where they would, they would just be telling a story or talking about their mom or I'm making stuff up, whatever, right? right? They're talking about their business or whatever they're talking about. And then all of a sudden they just stop and they're like, what is it, Clay? That was it. What is it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what, you know, I didn't stop you. Finish your story. Mm-hmm. Right. And I noticed that this had started happening and I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And what it was was there was a pretty woman that just walked in at Starbucks over here in my peripheral that I didn't, I didn't turn and look, uh-huh. but she was in my peripheral vision and I was zoned in on Tyson, but mm-hmm. it's still in this peripheral and that pretty, pretty body and a pretty hair with mm-hmm. those pretty yoga pants on. I call mm-hmm. it the Starbucks yoga pants problem. Right. That triggered my switch that hit my switch. And it caused my eyes to react. It caused micro communications to happen in my face mm-hmm. that, that my clients were picking up on once they got to know me. So this, this switch, this reactive thing that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and I wasn't aware of that. Right. Right. I was ignorant of that until I became aware of it. 
Mm. And that's, yeah, that's why we, that's why I teach meditation more and more awareness, more and more awareness. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much to unpack with that. I, I would, I would like to switch a little bit here. I want to hear about the day you were riding down the highway on your motorcycle and, and, and a little furry friend just jumped out in front of you. Can, can you take us back to that moment and, and tell us about that and how this all went down? So I've mentioned that I teach flow. Right. And what I mean by the flow or by flow is there is a couple books. Mihaly, Chicks Mihaly wrote a book in the 90s, early 90s, based on research he did from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. It's called Flow. Okay. Um, Stephen Kotler is a new a newer author and he's released several books he's a new york times best-selling author mm-hmm. the guy is an author he writes and he's really good at it mm-hmm. good books like interesting engaging intriguing books and there's two key books and i'll mention them right now sure. one is the rise of superman okay the rise of superman the other one is stealing fire like i'm gonna steal yeah. your fire i'm stealing fire yeah great book Okay, so those books are kind of references and quick resources to understand what I'm talking about when I say the state of flow. The state of flow is that non-ordinary state mm-hmm. which, which we've all been in the zone. So I teach people how to control their entry to the zone, exit from the zone, mm-hmm. and a whole, whole holistic approach to building a day or a week in the life of someone entering and exiting the zone on regular scheduled times so that you can perform at that level of in the zone on any task you can get in and out of the zone or the state of flow it's a it's a biochemical physical state of being in our bodies that, that we're talking about here, right? That in the last 15 years, they've been able to identify it and, they, and identify exactly how your brain is working and all that stuff. Now, the question that you asked about the deer. <laughs> yes. The reason this is so significant is because my history before the deer, I was an Alabama high school graduate, a Navy nuclear reactor operator, a Navy nuclear reactor operator chosen as a staff pickup instructor so I became a professional trainer, got out of the Navy, and I was a trainer for like Intel engineers, PhDs, double PhDs, badass upper level managers, wow. low level managers. I taught a lot of people about a specific type of machine that makes computer chips. That's okay. one of the machines in the process. Very technical, just like being a nuclear reactor operator, Intel engineer, and, and trainer, and all that stuff for 15 or so years. 20 years total in that industry, um, very technical, very, very subatomic physics, mm-hmm. very engineering, very by the book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the rules, because right. that's the rules. Yeah. Right. Um, other things that I found out during that time is I started snowboarding at one point and fell in love with that, extreme sports. Then I found <laughs> that little old motorcycle. Um, <laughs> I fell in love with sport bike motorcycle riding. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's pictures out there. Um, I can get a picture to you of me on a motorcycle, on a track, and all this other stuff. Wow. So what happened at, at, at one point I started teaching new motorcycle riders and what I was actually teaching them was how to survive, 
mm-hmm. like how to not die on a motorcycle. Right. But what they wanted to do was I want to look go faster. I want to go. I want to drag a knee. I want right. to. I want to be smoother. Right. I want to be better. Okay. Well, come, come learn to be better. Step one: don't die. Check. So I was yeah. able to teach them how to how to do that. I'd been doing that for about eight, 10, about 10 years. I think it was right at 10 years when this story happened. Okay. So I'm, I'm setting this up for a reason. I learned that in order for me to understand how things work and be able to explain it and train it to people, I had to know at a very deep detail. Like I can explain to you, I used to be able to explain using equations, how a motorcycle ro- rolls down the road wow. using the vector algebra, explaining the atomic reaction between the atoms of the rubber on the tire and the atoms of the asphalt on the road. Like wow. I could go to that level. So I knew motorcycle, motorcycles and motorcycle riding. Yeah. I knew the rules and the right ways and the wrong things to do, what to do when and how not to do it. Mm-hmm. I'd also learned a lot about business. I've been trying to build a business my entire adult life. From the time I was 18, 19, mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't belong in a job. The longest I was ever in one position in any job was seven years. And I think I had three different roles in that one job. It was crazy. Um. So I learned, a, I'd learned a lot when this deer incident happened. Then after the deer incident, I found the rise of Superman three days later. Hmm. So three days later, I pop open this book that explained exactly what was going on in my brain and how it was working when this all happened. Hmm. And that's what enabled me to translate that and this book and this knowledge into a 12 week course, which frankly, everybody that goes through is like, what the, what the heck? Like I'm, they can't believe it. Um, okay. So the deer story, (laughs) one more piece. I had been riding for about 10 or 15 years. The fastest I've ever seen this motorcycle go was 175 miles an hour. I was on a track. Okay. okay. I was on a track, mm-hmm. a closed circuit racetrack. Mm-hmm. And at the time that I saw 175, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I could have kept going and gotten mm-hmm. faster, but I was like, you know what? I'm good. Right. I, I could go. F- this is good. You know? Um. So what I'm about to share with you. Okay. So the other piece of it, I'm going through my head, make sure I got all the details out, make sure it's all qualified. Yes. What I'm about but described was quote unquote illegal because I was speeding, but I was on an isolated country road. I knew the road. I'd been up and down that road many, many times. I'd been on that road that day. Um, I was also riding alone, Mm -hmm. which is not the right thing to do. Uh, I was riding with a couple other people and they went home one way and I was going home the other way. So I was on the way home, Mm -hmm. but you're still not supposed to ride alone, especially if you're riding like this. So, so, um, I was well within the, there's a, there's a, what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. is this moment. It's this, it's this, it's this moment in time that I call a survival reaction threshold. Okay. And we were talking about it with traffic or with my truck being jacked uh-huh. up in the air. Right. Here I am operating and I'm, I'm holding my hand up for those of an audio, I'm holding my right. hand up and I've got a line here. This, this is threshold. And then the vast majority of the time we operate down below that line somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then anytime 
we exceed this survival reaction threshold, that's when the body reacts. That's when we get that burning sensation, that grip, and we start to panic or we, we get scared and we ask ourselves, and, and that, that's my trigger to say, wait, am I going to die? Take right. a breath because that soothes it. And then, okay, am I going to die? No, keep breathing. Okay, everything's cool. Why am I grateful for this? My point with all that conversation was I am at this point in my life on that motorcycle in that point in time, I was operating way below this survival reaction threshold. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. Here's an example. I was coming out of, and this is getting into the neat and nitty gritty of the story. I'm coming out of a turn, going around a left-hand turn. And you know how people lean off the motorcycles? Right, right. They, they, mm -hmm. do, they do that for a reason. I won't get into the details of it, but I was off to the left-hand side. I got onto the straightaway and I was transitioning over to get ready for the right-hand turn that was coming up. So as I transitioned over the center of the bike, I glanced down. I'm doing 95 miles an hour. Perfect. Right. I, and, I, and I know that that's too fast for the next curve. I, I don't want to be going over 100 miles an hour on the street. They take you to jail to do that. Yes. So, so, so I slowed down to 85 miles an hour. Perfect. And then I made sure that I was positioned where I wanted to be positioned. Now, a minute ago, we talked about that survival reaction threshold. A lot of motorcycle riders go out and they ride just to, just to be up there going, Ooh, that scared the shit out of me. That was fun. Mm -hmm. No. Instead, I positioned myself a foot off the white line. And I try to maintain that distance from the white line all the way around the curve. And that's the adrenaline for me. Okay. This exact perfection. I want my front wheel to be there, 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 there. I know where I want my front wheel to be no matter what. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and make my front wheel be there at 85 miles an hour instead of and, – and I knew that I was going to accelerate through the curve. Mm -hmm. So, I'd come out going about 100, 95, 100 miles an hour, and I would slow down after that. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened. There, so, I get myself positioned. I'm, I, my head is over my right wrist, and I'm looking up ahead, and I position I, – I know where I am on the white line. I'm a foot from the white line, which is the right-hand side of the road. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking ahead and I'm seeing how the shadows are casting, you know, on the, on the road. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I know this turn about where that white spot is when I'm with that, the, where the sun's hitting on the road right there, that's where I'm going to turn, right? That's where I'm going to initiate my turn and roll on the throttle. So I've picked my turn in point. Everything's great. Take a nice deep breath. And all of a sudden, and I kid you not, I'm going to turn sideways to show you deer eye. Oh, All I dang. saw was a deer eye. It, it felt like it was about that big. Right. And it, it, was, it was less than a foot in front of my face. Wow. All I saw was the eye. Right? Like, I, ca I caught the eye. This wow. deer was going completely perpendicular, 90 degrees to me. It hit right in front of my right hand. So wow. if you can picture a motorcycle, look into the side view of a motorcycle, when it died, because <laughs> it died, it, I felt it's I, two things happened. One, it hit straight head on, like, like at that 90 degree point, but where it hit was basically the nine o'clock point on the front wheel. 
right? Wow. It's when it died, its wow. mass collapsed into my motorcycle, like punching it from the side, mm-hmm. right at that critical point, right at the, uh, the, 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 they call it a triple T where the, the handlebars and the yeah. front, uh, front suspension, everything connects right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I felt the, and so now at this point, there's two stories. There's the story of what I perceived and then there's the story of what physically happened. Okay. We're going to go with the first part first, what I physically perceived. This is literally what happened according to me, mm-hmm. according to my perspective. Dear I, mm-hmm. I felt this neck crinkle around my, around my right hand. So I felt crack, crack, crack. I felt the crack. I felt the deer. I felt the deer die. I felt the warm body wrap around my leg. Kind of like a, it felt like jello wrapping around your leg. (laughs) Like you're falling in jello, Mm -hmm. like, like a hug. I instantly thought, huh, that would have worked on the ice planet Hoth. (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I apologize. Deer eye. Oh shit. Right. I have to keep, I have to keep looking at the white line, white line, white line, white line. Then I felt the neck break, white line, white line. Then I felt the, then I felt the body warmth, white line, huh? Ice planet Hoth. And for those that might know, I'm thinking about a movie called the empire strikes back where Han Solo goes out and finds Luke on the frozen ice planet Hoth. And Luke is injured and almost about to freeze to death. And in order to survive the night, they cut open a tauntaun and climb inside his body and survive. Do you remember that? And I think it was the nineties. It might've been the eighties. You don't remember that? No, I never saw it. You never saw the empire strikes back. No, dude. (laughs) Have you seen star Wars? No, never. Not, not one single one. I've seen bits and pieces of, I mean, I guess you can't avoid it in life, but never actually sat down and watched it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm shocked Every, like, those of you that are just listening i'm sitting here with my my uh, mouth is agape okay no. well there's a scene there's a famous scene in that movie and everybody sure. that's seen it would know what i'm talking about and for some reason in that moment i flashed there so i felt mm-hmm. i felt the body i felt that warmth and i went there and i had that conversation huh in my mind i literally had this conversation that would have worked yeah I would survive if I climbed in that on the ice plant. Yeah. Okay. Even though it was a warm summer day, it still felt warm to me and it was weird and it triggered this thought. Okay. White line. And at this point I was out of the, Oh shit. Like I didn't, Uh when I said, Oh shit, dear eye earlier, it wasn't, uh, it was, it was, Oh shit. I'm going to die. Right. White line, white line, white line, white line, white line, white line. Okay. Body warmth. Mm -hmm. Then I saw an antler. Like an antler flew from from the right corner to the left corner of my vision. It was slowly flying up there. And I thought, huh, if that gets in my front wheel, I will crash. I should catch that. I should stop that. So I let go of my left hand. I reach up and I gently simply grab the antler on the the stalk of the antler. Uh And I think, I think. I don't want to see the gross decapitated head of this deer. So I'm going to hold it down low. So I held it down low. 
and I lifted my head a little bit so that I could keep staring at the white line. White line, white line, white line, white line. Holy shit, I didn't crash. I got around the turn and I didn't crash. So that's what I saw. Yeah. Need a swig of water there. Yeah, sure. Then I went to throw the deer head away and what it was, was part of my motorcycle. It was the whole front fairing of my motorcycle. The deer hit so hard that it cracked and broke a one eighth inch piece of cast aluminum and it caused the whole fairing mirrors. So I thought it was an antler, but what it was, was my mirror to fly up and it started to fall. Now here's the thing. Let's be real. What if I did decapitate the deer? There's no way the head would have ended up in the front wheel. No, probably not. But, but that big part of my motorcycle, the mirrors, the front headlight, my speedometer and the computer, that's all attached to the motorcycle by a thick cable. Mm -hmm. So if that would have fallen off, that cable would have kept it sitting right there and it probably would have caused me to crack. Yeah. So I, I get stopped. I freak out. I jump up and down and scream. I didn't effing crash about for about 10 minutes. Right. Um, some other stuff happened, but a few minutes later I end up with my eye. This is back in the day. Oh, the other thing I did about two or three days later is I bought a GoPro. <laughs> so I didn't have a GoPro, yeah. but I did have my iPhone at the time. So I went around, I went back to the crash site, but I didn't crash. Right. Yeah. The two wheels. Let me refer. I was going to say something, but that's not true. I was going to say the two wheels never left the ground. I'll tell you why that's not true in a second, but the motorcycle never hit the ground. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Okay. So I go back and I start investigating what really happened. Here's what really happened. <clears throat> deer eye. Mm-hmm. The deer hit and died and at, at the nine o'clock position on the, on the front wheel. Okay. As soon as it did that, it caused the front wheel to turn. Like if you steered to the right, going really slow, it turned all the way to the steering stop. Wow. Again, I can explain on physics. Like if you're, if you're on a motorcycle, what I'm about to explain is a tank slapper. So imagine sitting on a motorcycle and you grab a handlebar and you pull the right handlebar all the way back as far as you can. There's a stop, physical stop that's supposed to prevent it from actually hitting the tank. Mm-hmm. But then you take your other hand, your left hand, and you grab the left handlebar and you, and you turn it all the way the other way. Mm-hmm. To that same, to the steering stop, steering stop on the other side. Mm-hmm. So now what happens, what happened was, this is how this happens. The deer hit, the front wheel turned completely perpendicular almost. Because of that, the motorcycle couldn't do what it's supposed to do. That's also how you initiate a turn is turning the front wheel. Mm-hmm. But bang, it turns all the way. The motorcycle bucks, it jumps. I flew 13 feet straight and six feet to the left. And I landed about ha- about six, eight inches from the yellow line. Wow. And how do I know I did that? Tracks. Because the where the deer hit, it mm-hmm. caused the front wheel to turn. And that caused that rubber for that little moment to scuff on the road. So there was this little patch where 
the pavement was scrubbed kind of white clean. Yeah. Then I flew and I landed. Now, when I landed, the front wheel was pointing to the right. Have you ever seen a shopping cart? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, the front wheels on a shopping cart, how you pull mm-hmm. it backwards and the front wheel spins around right. or you push it forward. So the front of a motorcycle is designed like that. Okay. It's designed so that the front wheel wants to point forward all the time. Okay. <clears throat> so worst thing you can do on a motorcycle is put a rider on it. I can show you YouTube videos. I'm sorry. I'm getting dry through here. Dry I'm mouth. Let me grab another bit of water. Sure. I can show you some YouTube videos of racing motorcycles where the, 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 they have a, there's the motorcycle rider that crashes the motorcycle. And once the motorcycle rider falls off and he's tumbling along, the mm-hmm. motorcycle rights itself and just goes straight. Yeah, I've seen something. So, like that. <clears throat> right. Good. So, so you, the reason that works is this, caster effect that i'm describing the front wheel when it hits the ground it wants to point straight so it starts to correct but the distance that it goes causes it to overcorrect, mm. <laughs> and that generates this tank slapper situation and and what that causes to happen is that front wheel goes from all the way right to all the way left almost instantaneously and that causes the motorcycle to buck again bounce off the ground and come back down and it tries to correct again, bouncing in. I did six tank slappers based on the tracks. Yeah. Which I have photos of wow. where the, where the, it's a very distinct, weird mark on the road where you see a tank slapper. And I've seen many of them because again, teaching newbies. So right. I've seen a lot of tracks, a lot of little weird crashes and all that stuff. Uh, so I did half a dozen tank slappers. Now, Think about this for a second. This is very important. This is the this is the piece where, like, what was I doing when that was happening? That was when I was feeling the deer's body wrap around me, thinking about the ice planet Hoth, and thinking about, oh, look, there's an antler. I should stop that antler. That's when that was that was happening, and I was thinking about the white line. Mm-hmm. So, the important stuff. Don't let the deer head get in the, in the front wheel, stay focused on my goals. Mm -hmm. That was the important thing that was happening in my mind. What was not being processed? What was not happening in my mind? My hand, my hand started doing this. And at some point I let go of my left hand. My right hand is still bouncing back and forth with that tank slapper happening. And I'm catching my front fairing. Right. I didn't think about any of that. Right. I didn't worry about anything. I was literally connected to everything. It's like I knew everything. And I knew the only thing that mattered was that white line staying focused on my next goal. Staying soup, not, not getting home, not mm-hmm. kissing my girlfriend the next time, not paying the mortgage, not worrying about the next customer Worrying about this next goal with that intense focus mm-hmm. caused my brain to drop into that super deep state of flow. And my brain controlled the information that came to my consciousness. What didn't come to my consciousness, I didn't black out. This mm-hmm. isn't a time, this is not a story of I went dark and then I came to and I survived. No, 
I can tell you exactly what, I just did tell you exactly what happened. So once I read the, the book, The Rise of Superman, mm-hmm. and it outlines, and then I went and read some of the research papers that he notes in the books mm-hmm. and, and read the studies about how they tested these brains and the way they tested the monks, the kids playing video games, the drug addicts, the people with color blindness. There's all this research and development out there that justifies and explains how this happens in your brain, what's going on in your body and in your brain when you're in this state. And now I teach people how to do that. <laughs> That's So there's a beer story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a crazy story. So <laughs> there's actually if you if you if you go back if you those of you that just listened, I pull five key lessons out of there. One of them is awareness. Mm-hmm. Think, do not react. So remember that survival reaction threshold that I talked about. Yes. At some point, I decided to back off of ninety five down to eighty five. That was me moving further away from my survival reaction threshold. Okay. Right? If it was cloudy outside, if it was raining, if I had old tires versus new tires, everything, whether I fought with my girlfriend the day before, whether I got eight hours sleep, whether I had a good breakfast, whether I'd had enough water or not, mm-hmm. everything contributes to where you are operating in relation to your survival reaction threshold at any moment. So when you sit down to write some copy in that email, Mm -hmm. or you sit down to work on that business plan, whatever it is, knowing where you're operating and the right thing to do where based on where you're operating is vital awareness, awareness, awareness. So there's like five lessons in there about business that you can pull out of that story. So anyway, Yes, so, Tyson. <laughs> so it sounds like to me is your your brain just kind of went into its own mode based on all your training and experience and, and everything that you've kind of built up into that point in life and your brain just took over for you or at least you consciously weren't able to think about what was happening and you just were defaulting to your training. Here's 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 how here's what gets explained in the book The Rise of Superman. Okay. Big overarching description. If you think about the greats, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. um, I don't Tiger Woods playing at the top of his game, um, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, you know, on the on the cha- was is he the one that did the Sistine Chapel and and all the sculpture, whatever mm-hmm. artists, all these we go we go see rock concerts and we go see UFC fights, mm-hmm. we go to those things. Because what we are witnessing is people dropping into the deepest state of flow that they can and performing at their highest level in that moment. What's really happening in the brain? So the physical body, it could be somebody sitting down and writing their book, Mm -hmm. or it could be, you know, Conor McGregor whooping somebody's ass. The physical isn't what we're talking about. Okay. It's the mental that I'm talking about. And what is physically happening? They used to think, literally 15 to 17 years ago, they used to think that the greats, their brain was operating really, really fast. Okay. But that's not the case. What, 
the research showed with the fMRIs and the new brain scanning technologies that got developed over the last 10, 15 years is what's really happening is your brain is shutting down. Oh, let's talk about it. Yes. When, when that deer hit, when that deer jumped out. So, so before the deer jumped out, I was already in a state of flow. Okay. What's a symptom of the state of flow? What's a symptom of being in the zone? One symptom is, time distortion. Mm-hmm. I described it really well. I just took about 30 minutes to describe something that happened in three seconds. Yeah. So to me, in that moment, time slowed way down. How? Well, the part of my brain that keeps track of a second, mm-hmm. it's not needed if I'm about to die. Right. Okay. So that part of your brain shuts down. That feeling of being connected to the deer, that feeling of being connected to the shadows. I described it before the deer hit. Mm -hmm. I was connected to the shadows already. I was connected to my environment deeply. That feeling of, of, of the feeling of not knowing the difference between me and my hand and my water bottle. I'm touching my water bottle right now. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel that difference right now. If I were in a deep enough state of flow, there would be no difference. It would be me and this water bottle are one, right? Mm-hmm. That sense of self mm-hmm. shut down. What does that allow to happen? Your, your inner, the energy that normally is running these different parts of your brain, another part of your brain that goes away is ego because you're not worried about what somebody thinks when you're killing it mm-hmm. or when your life is in danger, right? Right, right. Um, different parts of your brain get shut down and the energy that normally goes there, that energy is used taking this, this information that you learned 10 years ago, that thing that Johnny said last week on that one phone call and, and the way that, you know, that, you know, I don't know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to grab the brake in the middle of a tank slapper, Mm -hmm. right? All these different, oh, and stay focused on your goal. Stay on the white line. All these different disparagement pieces are much easier accessed because the stuff in the middle, the ego, sense of time, sense of self, all that stuff is just shut down. So your brain is able to access all that previously forgotten information, maybe, and put it and, and deliver on it. Does that make sense? That's it does. That it does. Is no, literally yeah. what's happening. So yeah. How, what, what are some techniques or, or training or different things that we can use? I know, I know you got a whole thing on it, but is there one or two things you can, you can share? Um, I'm actually working on right now a flow launch checklist. Okay. I've, I've been scared. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been afraid to just let this, let this information out. And I think if, if you go look at everybody everybody out there teaching anything about flow. So I've done a lot of research and I've compared myself to everybody. And I think I'm the best because of a couple things. We won't go into the details now, but sure. there's two things that I do that I think that are the best that make me different and better than anybody on the planet um, at teaching people how to use flow. But I've been afraid to say, here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had an interview kind of like this one time mm-hmm. and the person that I was interviewing with, he had a, a, a pretty big group of sales uh, professionals and he wanted me to come in and just 
teach a bunch. So I went in and I taught for about three or four hours about how to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. About a month, you know, about six months later, there's a guy that reached out to me. He's like, Clay, can we talk? Mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was. Turns right. out he was in that group. Okay. And he, and he, and I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want to talk about? And he said, well, I went into flow and I couldn't come out. I'm like, what? Yeah, let's talk. Turns out he and a buddy had went and did done some research and they purposefully hacked themselves into flow to build a business idea to work on their business. Okay. Three weeks, three weeks of sleeping less than four out of every 24 hours, mostly more like two out of every 24 hours, three weeks of maybe eating one meal a day, three weeks of being dehydrated because they weren't drinking water. Right. right. Their families, these were like 20 early twenties guys, early twenties kids. Right. They disappeared. Their families thought they, they got addicted to meth or something and were gone. They literally called the cops. Wow. It, it, they were, they were in flow for three, three and a half weeks wow. because, because they didn't do the one thing that I focus on first and foremost, recovery, setting a timer, respecting the timer, building a recovery process. That is the most important part, period. Because if you don't do that, you will not be eager to get back in a state of flow. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of information there. Sure. Um, so I'm afraid. Oh, and it took him three and a half months or four months. It took him four months to recover. Wow. It took him like, it took him like two weeks of being almost catatonic. Like yeah. he had a buddy that sells mushrooms and takes people mm-hmm. on trips and, and he went and he crashed on that guy's couch for two weeks And that guy took care of him because we're talking about the same thing, cocaine and all the, all the, uh, uh, hallucinogenic drugs and stuff, all that stuff. All it does is release these chemicals in your brain that I teach people how to do in three months through simple practices of meditation, journaling, and gratitude. So what do I have? What are my tips? Download the three habits, start building and growing the three habits, meditation, journaling, and gratitude. There's a free opt-in I have. It's a little ebook. Get it, live it, live it, live it, live it. Three habits. I will link to that in the show notes for everybody. So don't worry about trying to figure it out. And I'm also working on, I'm also working on that flow launch checklist. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of releasing that. It's powerful. Mm. Um, my, my favorite client, and I know you're not supposed to say that, but the reason I call her my favorite client is because she is an accountant and she looks at numbers and uses numbers and is very good at measuring things. Mm-hmm. You and me, uh, our lifestyle and our businesses, we're not focused on every little number. We need yeah. to be looking at some numbers, but we're more creative, right. right? We're more, and most of the people I work with are like that. So it's hard to measure productivity in us, mm-hmm. Right. But for an accountant, she can measure productivity. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what she did and how she did it. Here's a quick story. And in this story is the flow launch checklist. And I don't have the PDF. I don't have the book yet. It's coming. I'm working on it right now. Actually, today, I think I've got somebody working on the actual PDF. Um, she, her results 
actually, I'll, t- I'll t- here comes the story. She'd been dreading working on this one client's books. Okay. She did not want to sit down and work on this guy's books because they're complicated. Previously, she knew that it usually took her for this client mm-hmm. about an hour to do two months of books. So she hated it because she normally was a lot faster and a lot better and a lot more efficient than that. But his stuff is really complicated. I don't, she, I don't know what that looks like. So don't ask, but, but she expected her normal was about two months in an hour. Mm -hmm. So, so here's the process. Step one, set a timer. Don't start the timer yet. Set a timer. My suggestion, five, zero minutes. Maybe your magic number is going to be 30. Maybe your magic number is going to be 90. You got to test it. And that happens to be one of my strong suits is I help people test stuff. I teach people how to test and improve your process. Set a timer. Set a goal. This is a skill. Earlier, we were talking about skills and learning new things. Setting a goal for the next work session. This goal has to be a couple things. It has to be 100% guarantee confident that you will accomplish this goal in the next hour. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Before all this, obviously remove all distractions. No, no notification pop-ups. You're working in a place where your kids are not going to come bug you. No distractions. Okay. Set a timer. Set a goal. This goal has certain requirements. Basically, the next work session, what are you going to get done? Her goal was, I'm going to finish three months in the next work session of this guy's books. To her, so so step three, write that goal down. Step four, mm-hmm. ask why. And what I mean, you invest five to 10 minutes writing on a piece of paper under the goal why that goal is really important for you to do in the next hour. Why is it vital that this goal must get done? Life and death better. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you've got to change the diaper on your kid or their penis is going to fall off, you're going to change the diaper on your kid in the next hour. Right? So it's this, it's, it's this deep embodiment of how important accomplishing that goal is. And you're right. And why, if you, if you guys are watching video behind me is a picture of Lake Como in Italy, I've got a goal. I want to be there in the fall. I'm watching this every damn day of my life, just about reminding me of it. Right. That's why I'm, that's why I'm now over time. And I'm staying here with you, Tyson, because damn it, I want to be there. It's important. And I'm in a state of flow. I put myself in a state of flow. I'm loving this. So step one, set a timer. Step two, establish a goal. Well, no distractions, set a timer, set the goal appropriately, follow the guidelines for setting the goal. Explain to yourself in intimate detail why it is so important. Okay. The last step before you start work, start the timer. (laughs) Casey forgot to start the timer. She forgot to start her timer. Mm -hmm. So she started working. I don't mousing, clicking. I don't know what she's doing, right? Mm -hmm. But she's doing this guy's books. Mm -hmm. She passed the three-month part and didn't stop. She kept going. She passed four months, 
kept going because she's in the state of flow. She's just right. zooming, right? Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Five months, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Six months done. She started to start month seven and she thought, wait, I forgot to set the timer. <laughs> she panicked a little bit. She's like, oh God, I must've worked two hours just yeah. now. This is not healthy. So when we talk about recovery, every <clears throat> every work session has a launch and a landing. Okay. And in that landing, you do things like get up and move your round, mm-hmm. move your wrist, change the focal point of your eyes. It depends on what you're doing, sure. but you have to build the landing routine. Okay. So she pushes back and she, she kind of gets away from the work she's doing and she looks at the clock, 30 minutes. Wow. She did twice as much work in half the time. Wow. That's my mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show how much more we are capable of than we think we are. It's insane. I couldn't believe it. That's she amazing. told me that and I was just like, yes, I'm going to use that in every interview from now on. <laughs> but so, real quick, go ahead. Build the, found, build the foundation with the three mm-hmm. habits. Medi- and, and people are like, meditation? Why? I ain't got time to go into it. Sure. I'll poke you in the eye later. Bottom <laughs> line, poke, and I'll poke you in the eye later and explain why meditation is so important. This is coming from a nuclear reactor operator and Intel engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm a sport bike, motorcycle riding, self-maintenance doing, technical, right. wrench turning I know what I'm talking about from a, from a, uh, put my hands on it, touch it, tangible perspective. There is nothing more important than you growing the strength in your brain. And that means meditation, meditation, handwriting, a journal, Mm -hmm. writing in a journal, and specifically on those two topics, practicing gratitude is the, that's the path. Yes. And then we get into the 12 weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, right here, I have. I mean, it's stuff, journals and stuff. It's right here all day, every day. Yeah. There's I'm no joke. You. I used to, I used to be like, I, I, I know where you're coming from. I, I, I get that. Like, listen, this isn't for me. I'm not that kind of guy, uh, you know, and I gave it a try. And it, it's just amazing. The, the, the things you can unlock in your mind and your abilities. Like we talked about so much here, being able to recognize these things, being self-aware, finding these different things. This is the things where it starts being grateful that you woke up this morning and all these different things. Go ahead, Clay. I got, I got one more Go for it. reason. Casey, Casey's my favorite client. Sure. For whatever reason, and this has happened occasionally, I would say one in 10, one in 15 of my clients, when I meet them, and, and we, we have this conversation, a couple conversations, and they just, they're sold. They're like, yes, I'm going to do this, Clay. Yeah. And she started doing it. I kid you not, six clients the next week. Wow. Today, actually, no, it's not today. A month ago, she mm-hmm. told me that since, since we started working together, which was less than a year ago to today, her business is up 666%. Ooh, that's amazing. This woman has bought buildings in her town. Wow. That she thought she was going to buy within five years. She's bought them within the last six months of working with me. Why? She had knowledge. Okay. She's a business owner and she had a lot of knowledge that I'm not saying I gave her. Sure. What you just said, though, 
unlocking that knowledge and unleashing that knowledge that meditation journaling and gratitude specifically i'm very proud of the way i teach people to do it so it's magic i i I can't i don't know what else to tell you it's just freaking magic man I love it. I want to hear more about it. And if people want to learn more about that with you, what you're up to, where's the best place for people to get a hold of you? <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, my website. Sure. Yeah. Facebook, LinkedIn, and my website. And I am about to launch my next get it done in flow training. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little while ago, yeah. probably mid-May 2019, for those of you that are listening in two years, mid-May 2019 is when hopefully this podcast is going to come out. That's also about the time that my next Get It Done and Flow mastermind is going to start. Don't worry. I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, you got to buy it now. It's never going to happen again. No, it's going to happen again. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm I, I described that I'm afraid to just put a checklist out there because of it hurting people. Sure. And I'm not kidding, like hurting people, hurting yeah. people's relationships, diet, ergonomics. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways that, that this state of flow thing can hurt you. Um, I'm afraid of that. So I'm also afraid of the online course. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably never going to sell an online course that doesn't involve a lot of interaction with me okay. for this training. So was, I, I deliver it in a mastermind training format. So okay. just come hook up, come connect with me yeah. on Facebook, LinkedIn, or my website. And yeah, we can talk. Will, that's the way to, will, that's the way to go about it. We will link to all those in the show notes and you guys can just get right over, get the resources, the three habits and all these other things that we were talking about here today. We'll, we'll link, make sure we link all that, get everybody connected. If you're interested in, in learning more about flow, I am because I would like to be able to get some ninja skills like you on a motorcycle. <laughs> just amazing. But I know, I know we all, I know we default to our training and we've got to keep our training up there. We're not going to rise to our expectations and, and this is great stuff. One last thing, I know we're a little bit over time. On a social community show, we like to have a weekly challenge to kind of, you know, empower our listeners to 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 get to the next level, work on that 1%, work on these different things. I would like to give you the opportunity to issue this week's challenge. The most powerful gratitude practice that I can offer it's also the simplest and it's going to be something that one in 10 one in 20 are going to probably do but what i'm about to share will change this is what changed casey's life this is the practice that literally blew her up and and when i i the reason i'm grabbing her is because she's my favorite client she's the one that i can that i can grab her numbers and i can say these are the numbers that she's reported Mm -hmm. i'm not she's not alone Dozens and dozens and dozens at this point of people have reported similar things. It's just, I can't give you the specifics and the scale and the numbers. A a, a 10 minute gratitude practice. What does it look like? Step one, you step into your workplace, you sit down at your desk, or maybe you do this as you're going to bed at night. Mm -hmm. You set a timer for one minute. Maybe two minutes. You grow, oh, I'm sorry. You need a journal and a pen. You need a piece of paper and a pen. So you, you set that timer for one or two minutes, and you literally use your eyes, 
and you look around where you're at, you look around your environment and you start labeling and you start listing things on the piece of paper, a Frisbee, (laughs) that, that piece of my motorcycle that broke off that I've kept from the deer hit. It's right there. That light, that hanger, my computer, my water bottle, this, this 20 pound kettlebell, (laughs) my journal, you make a list of things that you are thankful. And and each time you're, there's a moment where you're like, Ooh, I'm thankful for that. Ooh, I'm thankful for that. Ooh, I'm thankful for that. There's this little hits of gratitude for all the, why am I thankful for that? Yep. Okay. I can write that. Why am I thankful for that? I can write that two minutes. Then set your timer for somewhere between five and 10 minutes. Pick one of those items, one of those items, circle it, start the timer. Why am I grateful for that water bottle? Exercise your gratitude. Think about a part of your brain. There's a part of your brain that is, that is small right now. I promise it's small relative. I don't care who you are. Freaking Dalai Lama wants his bigger. Okay. Okay. You want to make it bigger, just like you want to make a muscle bigger. You're going to exercise that part of your brain. Here's how. Why am I thankful for that water bottle? And you are going to write for five minutes at least explaining why you are grateful for whatever that one thing you circled is. Every day, same time. Find a good time that works for you. Keep testing different times until you find that good time that works for you and do that. Here's how you know if you've gone far enough. I'm, I'm holding my journal up so people can see it and I'm writing. I'm acting like I'm writing and you're explaining why. Why am I grateful for that water bottle? I'm grateful for that water bottle because it's been with me all these places because it brings me water. whatever the reason, whatever train of thought you go down explaining why you're thankful for it. When your tears are dripping onto the page, you win. I That's when you're grateful enough. That's my challenge. I love Make it. yourself cry for the next seven days being grateful for something. That's it. Don't, you know, be, be that one out of 20. Like he said, be that guy that these are the things that separate you from the pack. These are the separate you from everybody else that are going to have, you're going to have a better life. Um, and you're gonna be able to share that with people around you. Hey, this, that's that's the things that you're gonna buff and get all buff, and I'm not buff right now. But you know, that's the things that matter, though. That's the things that matter. Yeah. Play, thank you very much. I know we're a bit over time. I thank you so much for for all your wisdom, your great stories, people. Um, if you want to connect with him, you want to learn more, I'll link everything like I said in the show notes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tyson. This has been awesome. I appreciate it. This has been fun. I'm stoked that we're in the same neighborhood, sort of, and I'm looking forward to seeing and meeting you, man. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. What a great interview, Clay. Uh, So much there to we could continuously unpack and we could have gone and on. I think we'll have to have him on a second time. He's got so much knowledge. We're really, um, we're really a lot more things I want to touch on, but uh, a lot of great information here. I really hope you guys learned something from this. Um, And as always, you know, we, we got our, our giveaways here. Uh, if you're listening to this in May, check it out. Go to socialcommunity.show slash pick me. We're always looking for a new innovative products, solutions, whatever it is to help improve your life, uh, make your life easier or more effective or more efficient, whatever it is. We're always out there looking for stuff. If you know something or you know someone or you, you have something you, you'd like us to, to check out and review and maybe possibly give away, let us know. If not, if you're looking for something to discover, maybe you haven't, haven't 
you know, uh, thought of or whatever it is, check out what we got going on this month at the social community.show slash pick me and enter your chance to win one of these great, amazing prizes we give away. And um, if, you, if you're looking for more of, of this type of thing, uh, Clay's got some trainings coming up. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, in, in the beginning of May, um, he has a uh, flow training mastermind that starts May 10th, uh, 2X to outperform output in half the time safely. Uh, I'll have all that in the show notes at socialcommunity.show slash clay-green for, for information and details on that. Uh, if you're listening to this later on, um, I'll, I'll try and continuously update the information to the latest event. Uh, and as well, he's um, hosting a retreat in Sedona here in Arizona. It's up north. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. If you haven't seen it, Google some images of Sedona. Amazing. There's beautiful red rocks and all these different things. Um, <clears throat> if you're not in an area here in Phoenix area or you'd like to come down or you'll be traveling for business here, check out the show notes uh, for, for the links. At this time of recording, I do not have the exact date, but it's coming up. It's going to be a retreat, kind of like sleepover thing with 10 to 20 uh, entrepreneurs getting it done in house for four nights with three days of intense work and play all centered and focused around this, this uh, concept and, and, and state of flow, getting into flow, getting out of flow. And what clay really hammers down is, is the safety of it. Um, and you can really get into, into some burnout type situations and really overdo it. Clay has spent a lot of time mastering this. If you're interested in any of these two things, head over to social community show slash clay dash green, scroll down there, uh, look for the details of these events, click through that, check it out, see what you can do to get there, get to these events. Um, and if you're looking for, you know, sharing this, this, this concept and these things with other people, please share at least two other people, you know, the best way to support the show, sharing with other people, spreading this knowledge. Uh, if you like what we have going on here, you like what's going on, uh, leave, leave a like or leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, you know, subscribe. If, um, you like to follow us on social media all week long, you can follow us on social community show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as we have this on YouTube and, and all the favorite podcasts and platforms out there for past episodes and links to everything we talk about here today. You can visit socialcommunity.show. And until next time, keep learning, finding your state of flow, growing, and transforming into the person you want to become. 